And on today's episode, we're continuing down that railbow railbow. Wow. Okay. You know, I'm going to make wow, a wow, super wow, cut. Wow. The, the cold open is just going to be you <laughs> tripping on these words. Rainbow railbow. Welcome to Drag Nabbit, a new podcast about all things drag. Whether it's drag race, dragula, drag queens, or life just being a drag. We're here to kiki, serve tea, learn the children, and give hot takes on drag artistry and drag history. And on today's episode, we're continuing down that rainbow railroad and visiting our neighbors to the north on Canada's Drag Race. This week, the queens have put through their pieces as drag mothers to LGBTQI refugees who recently immigrated to Canada. Who looked like sisters and who looked like two complete strangers in line in a Chipotle? Stay tuned to find out. I'm Portia Control, and I promise not to make you look older when I paint you. And from the railroad, railroad, I'm Syzygy. And if you're my drag daughter, I will stuff you into a corset until you can't breathe, because all bodies are beautiful if they are wearing corsets. And this is Drag Nabbit. Last week, we said au revoir to Alona Verley, and during the mirror cleanup scene, the girls take a moment to be extra shady to her, and I can't help but wonder, why did they leave so much of that footage of her being annoying on the cutting room floor? <laughs> anyway, as the queens decompress, they start running through the Drag Race report card as they start the new week on the top five. Of the last queen standing, Jimbo, Priyanka, both have one challenge win, Lemon has two challenge wins, and Rita Baga, much to our surprise, has three challenge wins. You go, Glenn Coco. And none for Scarlet Bobo. Bye. So, Syzygy, do you think that the judges are just sleeping on Scarlet, or does her not having a challenge win at this point make sense? No. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> Those are two questions. So, no, no to both? Got it. Uh, okay, moving on. Pass. No, um... No, uh, there were times when it felt editorially that Scarlet was about to win a challenge. But for the most part, I know, like, I, I like Scarlet. I like watching her uh, mm. and I'm and I root for her because she seems like a good person and a great drag queen. However, you know, if you've never truly risen to the top, then you haven't. And that's OK. Like, there are other queens and I have to hold her to the same standard that I've held others in the same feeling. There have been many queens who've made it to the end while barely winning anything. Maybe they've won a single challenge and, mm -hmm. you know, it's for this is the same thing we've seen with Naomi, with mm -hmm. Peppermint, with Evie. Like, no, Scarlet has not given me like super life throughout the season. Okay. Uh, runway, yeah, but anyway, so... After a message from RuPaul, though, from the great beyond, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Boyer Chapman enters the workroom again with his <clears throat> no drag knowledge mouth and sets up the mini challenge for the week. Uh, everybody loves puppets. Uh, the, the queens grab into the mystery box with a puppet likeness of one of the other competitors and have to get that puppet in drag for a comedy bit. Portia, I wanted to know who made you laugh and who made you cringe. 
Ooh, the puppets. You know, they say everybody loves puppets, but I actually really don't. And <laughs> one of the interesting things, it's not interesting. It's actually a big piece of minutia, but this is Dragnabbit. You come for the minutia and you stay for the minutia. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I noticed was that the kind of puppet that they use is different on Canada's Drag Race because it's the kind where you put your fist up like the torso and into the mouth oh. versus on the U.S. version where they actually have little legs. And so it's just the kind where you put your hand into the back of the head of the yeah, puppet. The budget, um, man. <laughs> exactly. So um, I don't know if that's that's anything about how good or bad it might be. I will say that overall I was left you know, somewhat enjoying the performances with the puppets. I think for me, Rita Baga, I I was both simultaneously intrigued and laughing with her, but also a little cringed because she was kind of bringing up the whole Mm -hmm. her and Jimbo behind the scenes when they went at it and all the things that Jimbo said about Jeffrey Warrior Chapman in front of Jeffrey Warrior Chapman. Um, so there's one part where I'm like, ooh, girl, like, that's really funny. And there's another part where I'm like, ooh, this is kind of shady. And like, oh, the claws are coming out now because we're at the final five. Mm-hmm. And we we need to look good to certain judges. So that kind of went everywhere. And then interestingly enough to me, then we've got, you know, Scarlett Bobo, who I thought did an okay job. She did that thing with her voice again when she was acting in the last challenge, like this weird sort of vocal posture. So I think that perhaps this is just when she decides that she's going to be an actress, like that is her go-to, which is a weird go-to. But Mm. other than that, I, you know, it was just okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. For me, it was just all right. Mm. But enough of this puppet talk. What I really want to talk about is that maxi challenge. But first, why don't we take a quick break? Ladies and gentlemen, Scarlet Bobo has finally won. <laughs> and it's a mini challenge. Shortly after her win, JBC introduces the maxi challenge for this episode, the makeover challenge. But first, he discusses the Rainbow Railroad, an organization which helps LGBTQI people find safety if they are living in countries where they are actively persecuted or face the death penalty on the basis of their identity. And the people who are being made over today are all recent immigrants to Canada as part of Rainbow Railroad's work. Portia, we've seen makeover challenges since the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. What about these episodes is special, and how do you feel about this special twist for Canada's Drag Race? Yeah, I think that, you know, the... The, the makeover episodes are really interesting because I think that they highlight a number of strengths and a lo- number of skills that a drag queen needs to have in order to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not all drag queens have drag daughters, but plenty of them do. And to be able to teach someone how to do what you do and put their own spin on it and yet still be somehow in the similar vein as you... I think that takes a certain skill and a certain amount of effort. And so I really enjoy watching these makeover episodes. And I love the transformation aspect of it all because you see 
the makeover recipient come in looking one way and then looking so different because through the power of makeup and through the power of drag. And so I've always enjoyed them. I think they're fun. We get to see how good some of these girls are at putting looks together, at doing hair, at doing makeup, which are all things that they have to do on themselves. And it's a very different thing when you're working with someone that's not you. So I really like these makeovers. I think this special twist was really important and Mm -hmm. really great to see that they could highlight such an important and worthwhile organization. Uh, I am personally curious as to when and how I can apply for the Rainbow Rainbow Railroad now, uh, because I would like to leave these United States and emigrate to Canada, ideally, typically. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, girl, if things keep going the way that we think that they're going, uh, we're, we're about to be actively persecuted up in this bitch. So... Mm, well, I mean, you know, you're um, you're a, like a, a looser woman. So why don't you slide into Jimbo's or Priyanka's or Lemon's DMs and just hitch, hitch mm-hmm. a ride on a star? Don't don't think I haven't. I have not considered it because <laughs> I think that would be super fun. And maybe I can even get them to be my drag moms. But speaking of drag moms, as the mini challenge winner, Scarlett finally gets some power and she gets to assign makeover recipients with their drag moms. So Scarlett even mentions in the episode that she does the stereotypical Canadian things Mm -hmm. and pairs people up that she felt had similar energies and that each queen would work well with. Mm -hmm. That's a very nice, very kind way to play this game. My question for you, Syzygy, is are you a fan of that approach? And if you were on this season of this show, how would you handle it? I think that Oh god, what the fuck just fell on my desk? What did you break? Oh my god, I'm literal garbage. No, I don't know. Um <clears throat> in the words of Shay Coulee from All Stars 5, the reason that we help each other is because when one of us looks good, we all look good. Mm. So I would have done the exact same thing as Scarlet, like if I was her, I would pick someone who I think just from walking in there, who was giving me the most energy, because if they're giving you energy walking into a new scenario right onto set for the first time, if they're giving you energy, then then they should be able to translate that energy onto the stage. And she mm-hmm. picked the right person. Like he walked in bright outfit, smiling, super excited. Yeah. yeah, I would have picked the person that she picked. And also, um, when she's assigning other people, like, I think really the only big determining factor is, like, I think that height can play to an advantage. I'm a noted heightist. Let's That's establish true. that. Your um, filters on Grinder are, like, 6'2 and above only. Correct. Yeah, and when I'm back in Michigan, it's 6'4 because they just make them bigger there. Wow. So, point blank period. Um. I just, like, when I'm in heels, I just want someone who makes me feel soft and delicate, you know what I mean? And your hands are bigger than the client's hands. You know, and and they like that. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Venus Extravaganza. Thank you so much, Rest in Power, honey. I just feel that height can really help because that can, if you're the same height, you automatically kind of look similar. But um, we're going to talk about this in a moment. But some of the things did piss me off what the judges were saying Mm. about um, people's appearances. That annoyed me. Anyway, so before we get to that, 
The day progresses, and we get to learn more about the drag daughters and how they are interacting with their drag moms. Priyanka is paired with a super fan of hers from back home, and she's feeling way more confident. Jimbo and her daughter, Bimbo, are having fun being slutty, aka the Porsche control method. Wow. And we... <laughs> the level of attackery in my own script. Look, wow. she's got a three-point plan. Glow up, show up, and be a slut. And up. <laughs> Uh, we learn that most of these drag daughters walk like lumberjacks in heels. <laughs> it's it's very true, and it's very unfortunate. But, I mean, you know, these folks, a lot of times, it's their first time in heels. And it's it's not easy. People think that it might be easy or glamorous, but it's, it's tough. And we see it in this program. We see it on the America's Next Top Model when they get those cisgender women to try and walk around in heels. And it's oh. always a thing. So, yes, it's a problem. But you know what? None of that actually matters because it's time for a segment that I like to call the Runway Rundown. Yes, ladies and germs, we are going to talk about every single one of our folks because that's what we're here today. And we're here to talk mad shit about everyone because that is the kind of content that you crave and you come to drag nab it for so let's just go right on down yeah. the line boom 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 we'll share our thoughts our feelings and our thoughts about each of our contestants and their makeovers so the first out on the runway was priyanka and electra and so for those of us who are um trying to recall what they look like they came out in neon outfits one was uh pinkish and yeah. one was greenish um, both stoned. One of them was a bodysuit. The other one was a very short mini dress. And they were kind of dressed like for, for like a carnival kind of thing. Sure. Um, like a very West Indian. And later we, we learned this, but you know, she ended up being the challenge winner. But I'm very curious to hear from you, Sis. What did you think of that look? Um, it was okay. I felt that in the US, that would have been a safe. Mm. Um, it, oh God, you know, it reminded me of when Dita and Chad on season four, when, when they, they did, the showgirls. they, yeah, they did their little like showgirl duet number. It had that same energy. They sold it on the runway. They looked cute. Um, they did look cute. It didn't give me the ooh, ah, ah sensation, but they look cute. No, it felt, honestly, it felt a little basic, like given how yeah. far along in the competition we are. One of them was literally just a bodysuit. And I'm sorry, adding a little bit of faux fur or faux feather or like marabou yeah. trim or whatever doesn't instantly elevate it. The The head jewelry that they were wearing, I also thought was just like fine. It didn't read super expensive to me. And I think it was an AB crystal when it really could have just been like a clear Mm-hmm. crystal and it would have shown up better i think personally mm-hmm. with everything else going on but yeah it just it was fine i agree with you it probably would have just skated by unannounced yeah. in other in other series <laughs> moving on down the list we have miss scarlet bobo and her drag daughter violet bobo and they came out with matching bodysuits again with a bit of a neon twist. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a blue or purpley and yellow. And then they topped it off with this rather, I would say, incongruous leather jacket that was very fringed. Girl, what uh, and, the fuck was going on on that this, stage? And this neon yellow hair that they stole from Lemon's closet. So <laughs> I, I, I did not 
love it. I thought they looked, I thought facially, I thought the hair and the face on both of them was gorgeous. And learning mm-hmm. that Scarlett was actually, or has actually been a makeup artist. Yeah. Totally made sense. Um, because her makeup and her daughter's makeup looked really, really good. The the outfits just were not it for me, especially because it was two of them and they were basically doing the same thing. If Scarlett had been in something like that and then her daughter had something that was playing off of it but different, that could have been cool. But it was just too much, honey. What did you think? I would have put him in the bottom. Mm. Um, I I liked pieces individually. I think that if you are going to wear a black and a brown leather jacket with fringe, with long leather fringe, why are you wearing a neon blue and green yellow bodysuit underneath it with um, asymmetrical fringe chevrons? Like the 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 pieces just were not cohesive. If you embellished the jacket to have sort of a neon punk element, or if the bodysuit underneath was either a solid or matched the color story with the black and brown a little bit better, it mm-hmm. would have been fine. But for me, the elements seemed very haphazard. Uh, it was not, no, it was not it for me. It was not the ooh-ah sensation. Send them home. Sorry, kids. You are not surviving. Later on, coming down the runway, we have Lemon and her drag daughter, Lime. I think that was a very cute Mm -hmm. uh, nod to the Citrus family. Uh, And they came out in these 1920s style, flappery looking looks. Very drop-waisted, beaded. I'm just going to say this. Lime looked atrocious. (laughs) Um, I think that from from a body and like dress, I think she looked fine. But honey, that face. And this is the thing that people often do not take into account. Just because someone is a cute boy out of drag does not mean that they are going to be a cute girl when you get them up in drags. And I don't know if they could, if Lemon had the ability to save Lime's face by doing a different makeup technique or something to her. But she looked hella old. (laughs) Which, again, is not a problem if... What you're going for is mother-daughter, but they were going for sisters. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, too. Um, I think what Lemon didn't really anticipate, and if you haven't painted a lot of other people, you don't really realize it, but like, just because something works on the proportions of your face doesn't mean it's going to work on the proportions of someone else's face. Correct. Um a lot of times you notice when drag queens will paint other people, they'll suddenly start painting everything bigger because they do have this sort of a disassociative uh, scale problem. But with lemon, because lemon has a very, uh, um, a smaller face, lemon paints smaller, uh, smaller features. She, the, her eye uh, design is much smaller. And so she replicated that perfectly on her daughter regrettably though her daughter like has her daughter looked like a man let's just say that first and foremost cut and dry she looked atrocious she looked like a pig in a wig out of drag uh i would i would bottom for her i I mean look it's been a long quarantine but yeah um yeah so uh and the look you know it was kind of simple um uh, yeah, I can understand them being in the bottom. Yeah. 
Yeah. After Lemon and Lime, we had Rita Baga and her daughter, Terry Baga. And they did this very interesting sort of old and young clown runway storyline. Like, there was levels to yeah. it. There was a lot of actressing going on. What did you think about it, Sis? I've got, I've got thoughts, but I want you to go first this time. I mean, tell us the story, Rita. <laughs> like, um... I appreciate that they came there with a concept Um, from a narrative perspective. The concept could have been sold a little bit more with the transformation of using the clown nose to make Rita excited. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're going to do a reveal, make me gasp with what's underneath it. Um, So yeah, it it was fine. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love it. Like I don't think it was bad and I certainly don't think it was as atrocious as they were trying to make it out to be. Yeah. I think given how much love that they this program has shown to Rita Baga that I just think they didn't get what they were expecting out of her. To me, it just sort of reads as like this is what happens when you come into a challenge and you're trying to like retrofit a costume that already exists onto someone for your makeover episode. Because at this point, the girls know every season there's a makeover episode. Yeah. So they're coming in with pre-made stuff and they're not having to make things. That, that didn't look like something she just whipped up in the middle of the competition. So I think it was just, it felt very forced and very weird. I didn't get it, mm. but fine. She earned yeah. her spot in the bottom. Yeah. And our last queens, we love them. We love to love them. Jimbo and her drag daughter Bimbo walking out in some Leg Avenue mm. red latex dominatrix Ugh. craziness looking sexy. Girl, you could not tell me that they were not the cock destroyers. You could <laughs> not tell me that they were not some 1990 Janine Playboy Club Magazine for men. Like, they, with that feathered PC dye job, that Rachel from um, Friends haircut and those little outfits. Me. That was, girl, they were the top. They were giving me the fantasy. They were giving me the ooh ah, ah sensation. They were the it winners. Was, Girl. It was a whole lot. I mean, I it fell over the top, but then again, this is a drag competition, so right. it's not like we're here to trade in subtleties. However, I I really enjoyed the look. I, I thought they went out there and they had fun. I thought her drag daughter looked amazing. Oh, you know, stunning. I mean, he was lucky that he had someone who, you know, was like an Asian man with petite features, um, which is easier to get up and drag, just like real talk. Um, but yeah, I think they looked like they were having a ball. And that for me is almost half the challenge right there. So I, I got to give it to them. I don't understand. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but I don't understand all the critiques around like, Oh, it's too sexy, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, yeah, no, that's yeah. I, I do want to, I want to deep dive into the critiques because it seems like they, had it out for Rita and Lemon in particular while Priyanka was getting high marks um, along with Jimbo and Scarlett with some quibbles in there. But Portia, what did you think of the judges this week? Like, did they get it right? Yeah. I mean, I think the judging remains the, and I feel like a broken record, but I feel like the judging remains like the one spot of this program that doesn't quite work 
the, the contestants yeah. are good. The challenges are, are decent. A lot of them borrow from other versions of the program. So really, it's just coming down to like these judges not having the best. I think it's it's also it feels very one note over and over the kinds of critiques that they're giving these girls. Yeah. And they're giving critiques without really giving any sort of way or thought on how to approach whatever it is differently. They're just like, oh, well, we don't like this. Or I would like this outfit if you had a different top and bottom and hair and accessories. So like a whole different outfit. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I think in terms of who I would have put in the bottom if it wasn't the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman for <laughs> sure. Honestly. Um, I didn't think that Rita was terrible. I do think that Lime, that le- with Lemon and Lime and just how bad Lime looked, I think she did deserve a spot on the bottom. I, I like you, I probably would have put Scarlet Bobo down yeah. there just because the look wasn't really that successful. I think she got really lucky in that she had a really down partner who brought good energy and like yeah. really did come out there with that smile and walked like their top part of their body was just like paralyzed or something because it was just like up and hunched and whatever it was so weird yeah i would have liked to see uh bobo on the bottom because i feel like this would have been her fucking song (laughs) exactly exactly so i think it was just okay in terms of yeah you know how they did um i I feel like my sense, too, just from some of the critiques, and again, this is me putting on my tinfoil lace front, but I feel like they thought, the judges thought that the the runway or the episode was going to go a very specific way, and then when it didn't, I think they had to retrofit some of their, like, commentary and critiques to make it make sense so that Priyanka was the winner and that ultimately Mm. uh, Lemon goes home. So I'm just... Yeah, that's just me being mm. crazy. But, you know, regardless of conspiracy theories or how we might feel about these judges, they did make their decision. They said what they said. And they had both Lemon and Rita Baga in the bottom two. And they got to lip sync to the iconic Alanis mm. Morissette song, You Ought to Know. Finally. Which, I mean, that gave me the sensation. I, I will say this. The girls, especially in the recent episodes, have been bringing it with the, with the lip syncs. So... There was a little moment there where it's like, ooh, are we going to be in a UK situation where the lip sync is just not it? But this one was real good. However, try as she might, even with all that Alvin Ailey dance training, <laughs> Lemon does not survive this lip sync and is sent home. So, Syzygy, what was your take on this lip sync? For me, it felt a very kind of like old school in the way Rita was interpreting it mm. versus new school in the way that Lemon was interpreting it. Uh, but how did it read to you? It's funny you mentioned the old school versus new school and talking about like um, Rita Baga, like that she's like older, et cetera, et cetera. You know what's surreal? Rita Baga is younger than you. What? Rita Baga is my age. She's 33. Wow. What the f- is going on up in here on this day? On like, this day today, because she paints and acts, in my opinion, much older than that. Right. On the subject of age and ageism, let's just go in. You know what else is surreal? Shangela and Bibi Zahara Benet are the same age. Wow. And you you could not tell me that Shangela is not 20 and Bibi is not 40. Girl, this is Bibi. (laughs) You know, she's just so 
highfalutin um but but in terms of this lip sync it sucks because i know we were just talking about it last week but we both felt that lemon was going to go to the end right i feel that she should go to the end but regrettably lemon is not the (sighs) she's not the best lip syncer and i feel that anyone she went up against would send her home like you know that Jimbo is going to give you that uh, Jinx Monsoon lip sync and yeah. everyone's going to fucking live. Um, Rita can't go home. She's had three wins. Priyanka can lip sync very well and she could. Well, if it was Priyanka's third time, she would probably would have gone home. Yeah. Um, Bobo would have destroyed her on this song. This is Bobo's song. Um, right. So, yeah, and it, it sucks. And 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 also just to backtrack a little bit, something that really bothers me is when JBC was going on about how Scarlett Bobo chose someone who is dark skinned for herself and how that really could have bit her in the ass. And it's like, this makes no sense because I don't know if anyone realized this. We have an almost all white top five and all of the guests are people of color. Like, like what the are you talking about? And also Remember in season 10 when Eureka literally picked Kingsley for Aquaria to sabotage her based on Kingsley's race. Right. Like that just bothers the shit on me. But anyway, I'm sad that Lemon went home, okay? Ugh. Yeah. It uh, yeah, I knew once it was her and Rita, I was like, mm, it was Rita's first time in the bottom. Yeah. It was Lemon's second. As we've discussed before here when we cracked the code, basically Lemon can kiss winning goodbye, even if she survives. Yeah. And yeah, we wanted to see her kind of rise above and be that diamond in the rough. But Mm -hmm. sadly, Lemon had to go home. And just like Lemon, we're going to take this episode home. But first, let's take a quick break. Well, children, that's another episode of Dragnabbit in the history books, or so it goes. Thank you for joining us and showing all the love and support for the podcast as we star our own little drag family here. That's right. And please tune in next week when we talk about the final four episode of Canada's Drag Race and get closer to crowning Oof. our very first ever Canadian winner. Even if you're a few episodes behind, you can catch up on Can. can- Wow. Canadia's Drag Race. Canadia's Drag Race, kids. Even if you're a few episodes behind, you can catch up on Canada's Drag Race, which airs on WoW Presents Plus in the U.S. and in select territories on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Or if you are in the land of Canada, you can get <laughs> your crave on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. So until next time, I'm the Rainbow Whale Woad Syzygy. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make a super cut. The The cold open is just going to be you tripping on these words. Rainbow Whale Woad. From the Rainbow Whale Woad to Canada. And my name is Ms. Borgia Control. And this <laughs> was Dragnabbit. Don't you mean Wagnabbit? Wagnabbit. Wagnabbit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Uh, I hate this so much. I can't Uh. wait to edit this. (laughs) 